0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: What's up everyone and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host. Will McFadden, we are celebrating a Falcons road division victory that has Atlanta on top in the NFC South. And here to help me break it down, as always on Sunday evening, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how'd you like this game, man? The Falcons are in first place. How's it feel?
0: Man, you see me, I'm out here lounging, relaxing, just enjoying <laughs> that uh end of the roller coaster ride that we all had to go on because as Falcons fans, I mean, I saw a boy like Brian Finneran, uh like you know cussing at the He uh, was the, losing the his mind. That hitter. was great. Oh, he was like, What the heck is going on? I was like, I love that honesty because that's what we were all thinking, what the yes. heck is going on? But at the end of the day, especially as a fanslash former player, as long as we got the W no one's going to look back at this and be like, you know, that was a, a crappy game or they barely won. and blah, 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 They made mistakes. Did you win or not? We want, and while we're building this plane, as we're flying it, <laughs> I'd rather get W's than L's because there's a lot of things they need to fix. A lot of things they need to fix, but um, we can fix these with a, a lighter heart when you get a W. So I, I feel like at the end of the day, Positive OB is going to peak out again. And, you know, it's not even positive Ovi. It's just real Ovi. You have the opportunity to, to win while learning. And, and you have the opportunity to see you won with all these mistakes. The real, real thing is what if we can play the way we play without the mistakes? We're blowing out teams like the B- Buccaneers, which is a good team. Yeah. Like, and that's what we should go away with and say, you know what? Yeah, it sucks. We got a lot of stuff to clean up, but we have the potential to be a really good—not just a good team, not, you know—but a, a really good team. Like, it, it makes me feel more confident about my. We're going to the playoffs, and we're going to win at least one game. Preseason prediction. So, I feel a little more confident about that. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, you were optimistic, Ovi, last week yeah. after the loss. It's
0: real. It's real. Realist, Ovi. It's it's, it's optimistic, but it's it's just it's the truth. Okay. It's the truth. Like fans need to understand that. Yeah, you're not happy about how your blood pressure went through the roof and how it went up and down, but <laughs> you're also winning while making mistakes, which is hard to do. What team can make three red zone turnovers and still win a game? Or three turnovers, three fumbles, and still win a game? That's hard to do. We did that. Take solace to that. Sleep well, night.
1: <laughs> I, I will. It's been a long weekend for me. I know you will. It's been a long weekend for you. Um yes. But Falcons Nation – should ultimately yes take take away the positives from this game because you are in first place in the nfc south you are 2-0 in the division which is huge even though what? you just lost a game against washington which could come back to bite you if you're in the wild card playoff picture you're not going to be in the wild card playoff picture if you take care of business in the division you've already got a good road win against a team that looked like the best team in the division up until this weekend. So, like you said, it's it's a little bit of the Aaron Rodgers R-E-L-A-X. Everything is fine. That. You won the game. However, there are some details that you However. and I need to dig into yes. because they are <laughs> troubling and we'll, we'll get into all of that. Um, it's a little bit of kind of like a mirror episode, I feel like, to last week because different games, different teams, obviously. But you won this game, even though there were reasons to feel kind of icky about the the way that, that you won it. Last week, it felt like a game you should have won, and you lost yes. because of those icky feelings. Oh, man. So, it, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a, we did last week, now we're going to kind of rehash it with a little bit of a positive tinge to it all. But this is a better feeling than certainly last week's episode. Before we get into the uh, the bulk of today's action, real quick... It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is the number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game <laughs> odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to the speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. So, Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code. That's believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Ovi, where I want to start is with a, a quote from Calais Campbell. And mm. it echoes, you know, Calais Campbell, a longtime friend of yours somebody you, uh, you matched up against back in the day. So he has that same type of sage veteran wisdom that that Ovi Mahaley brings here week in and week out. And if, if you don't take from Ovi, maybe you'll take it from a uh, number 93 because he had this to say about this type of game and kind of likened it to a playoff game, which I, I think is kind of apt. And here's what he said. You know, winning tough, hard ball games... That's what's going. what it's going to be like in the playoffs. We earn the right to be there, you know? This is a good experience. This is a playoff-type game, and no matter what, you just keep fighting, keep swinging, end quote. So, Ovi, having played in the, the league for a decade, is he right about that? Was this a playoff game, and, and it shouldn't matter how you win because you won the game?
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is a... Um a game that's going to decide if we get into the playoffs, our division record. And this is a team that supposedly is the best in the, uh, in the division. So it was a playoff like atmosphere It's a chance for us to test ourselves, especially after last week where we played well and didn't get the W it's like, I don't care what happens, what mistakes are made, who fumbles, who throws interception, who messes up. Can we lock back in, get back on track and figure out what needs to be done in order to get to get a W. And the answer is yes. Surprisingly, I, I saw some of Arthur Smith's uh, uh press conference that he wasn't allowing the Desmond Ritter's, you know, <laughs> he a, was not a mess up uh a narrative to even even occur. He's like, guys, 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 we won. I know you gotta do your job, but I'm not gonna sit here and answer 18 Desmond Ritter questions questions. <laughs> what, what's wrong with him? because he, he, like me and Clay, understands the bigger picture. The bigger picture is we need to get playoff ready because that's the goal. That's where we're heading. That's the mindset, like everything else we're doing is to get to that. Because as you know, you can be great in the regular season. You go to the playoffs, you lose. What, what, what does it matter? What did you accomplish? Nothing. So getting battle tested, going through different types of situations, understanding what not to do, like hopefully we figured out from last week, is all part of preparing to be a playoff team.
1: It is. And, you know, the, the Falcons have commendably found ways to win games right and sometimes it's a a little bit of fool's gold early in the season because the first month can be a little bit misleading right you see teams that ultimately like arizona beating dallas that's a perfect example i fully expect dallas to be in the playoff hunt more in the playoff picture i expect arizona to be in contention for the number one overall draft pick But Ah, you you get these games where uh, an Arizona beats a Dallas early in the season. So sometimes it can be misleading and you see teams that are in it against a better team, but ultimately cost themselves the victory. And you could say, yeah, you know, like we should have won that game, but X, Y, and Z happened. And at the end of the season, that may not matter because you're a bad team. And and that moment in time, you were like, oh, it could have been something, but we just ultimately weren't good enough. For Atlanta to win this game on the road in the division in a game where they made the exact same, not like type of, but number of mistakes in critical situations like they did last week to still emerge with a win is signs uh, is a sign of growth, even though it it still, again, feels icky. Like I said earlier, like this is not the way you want to win games for the rest of the season, but it's nice to know that you can win a game like this, right?
0: Absolutely. And it was nice to have some guys, not just Desmond Ritter, but to see, you know, Kyle Pitts step up to, to see uh, the defense do what they've been doing all year yes. long was just even better to, to see uh, parts of the offense and defense of the team that's going to be necessary for me for us to make that playoff run really excel and, and show out and not do what bad teams do, which is come on, man, <laughs> do it right. Stop making mistakes. It's your fault because it's, it's the infighting starts, and when the offense starts talking to the defense, defense starts talking to the offense, special teams. God forbid, they make a mistake. You know, it gets real tense. It gets real testy, and guys, they stop. They stop being the highest version of themselves, the best of themselves, mm. and start focusing on what the other guys doing. But now it's just like, all right, we gotta pull. We gotta pull our weight. We gotta, you know, put everyone on our back. We gotta figure it out. We gotta, you know, get a stop. It was that. Team, any means necessary, type of mentality that you saw from certain players, and it, it was cool to see uh, uh Cordero Patterson yeah. back off there, running, hitting. You know, he had the uh, truck stick a couple times when he put his head down <laughs> and he hit it, and guys were moving back. I was like, the man still got it because I was wondering how are we gonna fit the old man into this, you know, Bijan and Algier situation because Bijan and Algier could take all the reps and be just fine, but there is a space for for Patterson. And he's reminding us that he still has worth and value. So it was, it was fun seeing people like him and others, you know, it's National Tight End Day and our tight ends were, <laughs> were kind of, kind of going to John U. Smith. It was having a good time and, El you know, Kyle making some circus catches. It's just cool to see that we have talent. We've known that we've had talent, but sometimes the talent forgets how talented they are when they're not used enough or when they feel like they're not needed. Ritter had one of the best drives to win the game, you know, that we've seen. You know, missed uh, Kyle the first time, but you know, mm-hmm. hit him the second time. He's missed that throw of the path. We've seen him miss Kyle Pitts wide open several times. Unfortunately. So it's no game critical si- unfortunately, in critical situations, he can get it done. That that's a plus. So I, I'm trying to, you know, kind of lean on the positives.
1: Yeah, I mean, I we've seen Drake London it, down the stretch in, in a big game against Houston yeah. come up with that clutch play. We saw Kyle Pitts today come up with that clutch play on National Tide Ends Day, like you mentioned. And it's so nice of you. To mention that Ovi, as you are well aware i played tight end in high school and so i know you've sent a nice lovely gift it's in the mail i'm sure I yep uh, i can't wait to it's open that the mail. sometime this uh this week thank you so much for remembering <laughs> um you're welcome She's my guy yeah uh, thanks man i mean so much yes. um <laughs> i am glad that you mentioned kind of the defense and i we will get to Bajan. And his his lack of carries we will get to Cordero Patterson and, and his abundance of carries. But I, I really feel like of all of the games this season and and we have and I will be the first to admit we have done a disservice by probably focusing a little bit more on the offensive negatives than the defensive positives. But today was a game that I don't think you win unless your defense is playing as lights out as it has all oh, yeah. season long. I mean, you get three sacks uh, from a team that had only five sacks going into last week's game over the last two Come weeks. They've got eight sacks. Yeah. That's awesome. David Onimata, yeah. Grady Jarrett, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree. Those guys are really coming in. Lorenzo yeah. Carter Lorenzo got Carter. a sack today. Yeah. yeah. So you're also seeing Richie Grant made that interception kind of late in the game. That was huge. Richie's a huge going, yeah. turning point. Nate Landman, again, led the team in with 12 tackles. So, Defensively, this looks like a unit that is already ready for the playoffs. Like, if the playoffs started today, I would feel really good about Atlanta's defense going in. So, my question for you, Ovi, is: <laughs> yeah. Is Atlanta's defense peaking too early, or is this sustainable throughout the season?
0: It's absolutely sustainable. Like, this is something that we aren't, we haven't done in forever. And, and So, <laughs> which is probably is why stable. I'm not
1: familiar with it. I'm like, what is good yes, defense? Do you yes. only get like a certain amount of it, or I,
0: did like. I, <laughs> <laughs> you get like five good
1: shots. Uh, yeah, that's do we have it. we You're punched done. all the hole, holes in our coupon?
0: Oh, like. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're good because you know these defenses. It, it's more uh, I, I'd say like you have to work as a squad, work as a team. The defensive backs I have to talk to each other. The uh, the front and the back, the line, the linemen, they they have to set the tone. And the linebackers, the unsung hero linebackers, just the the average Joes out there doing it. Like these 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 guys who can walk down you know kroger or, or the their uh, the names are
1: nate and caden you know
0: right <laughs> nate and caden a, a lot of people aren't, aren't going to recognize you know some will the die hard fans but nate and caden go down and you know they're not going to get the Kyle Pitts treatment or you know the uh drake london treatment or clays campbell treatment they're like okay how you know buddy like, you look like you can play like yeah I get a <laughs> lot yeah but um they're doing amazing. I hope our defensive coordinator is not going to be taken somewhere in a year or two because whatever he's doing, he's doing it. Yeah, and He's got these guys playing at a level and, and, and um, in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. It's, it's so foreign to us to have a working defense that bends but won't break, that's getting interceptions, that's getting sacks, that is, is running from side to side, that's actually wrapping up, making tackles. You remember I don't know what year it was, but it was one year we led the league in in missed tackles. Like the basic stuff, like the basic, basic stuff that my eight-year-old can do. When you wrap (laughs) up, keep your head up, see what you hit. Like guys were just missing tackles and falling off and they're in the NFL getting paid millions of dollars to do or to not do what college kids and high school kids and and middle school kids can do. Like that used to be an issue. Just make a tackle. Break down. You know, Steve – now it's like we're doing advanced type stuff. We're, we're tipping balls and, and getting interceptions and we're playing off each other and we're giving effort. This is great, man. You're right. We don't give defense enough credit because, you know, we're two uh, offensive guys here, <laughs> uh, high level offensive, you know, powerhouses back in our days. And, and we just kind of just regale and, and get excited about how great these high powered offenses are. And the defense is, is what wins championships is what they say, and more often than not, it's the truth. And so, the fact that we have a defense that is gets that championship caliber is exciting.
1: It really is, and I mean, you a lot was made about the Falcons being one for five in the red zone. Again, you know, three turnovers in the red zone that'll do it for you. However, the Bucks were zero for two in the red zone, and so for the Falcons to be able to kind of hold serve in that really critical part of the of the field is the reason they won this game. And I mentioned Richie Grant's interception down in the red zone. They just seem to play their best football in the biggest moments, which is exactly what you want, right? Every single fan base going into the season would love a, a, a unit, whichever be that offense, special teams, defense, that just kind of comes through in the clutch whether you have a, a great yeah. field goal kicker who's going to make a 52 yard field goal to win the Ooh. game or you have a defense that's just going to buckle down in the red zone and and hold on that stand like the Eagles did the Falcons so many times back during the Dan Quinn era or you have an offense yeah. that's just going to be able to two minute drill boom down the field like you and, and Matt Ryan did back in uh in y'all's heyday any team that is kind of worth their salt has one of these units that they can really rely on in crunch time I guess just I never expected the defense to be that unit and this early. So that's where maybe I'm like a little bit worried that, all right, it's working now, but when the offense hopefully finally gets figured out, I just want the defense to still be playing well enough to like stay along for the (coughs) ride.
0: Right. That's a great point, man. And I think we'll we'll be fine because these guys, they're, they're excited. You watch the interviews, the defense side, they're excited because they know there's something brewing. There's something that they're cooking. That is, you know, it's it's worthy of letting them cook for them. <laughs> you. All the mean, yeah. let them cook, let them cook, let the Falcons' defense cook. Let they, they are creating something special that were, you know, not even halfway through the season, and they're already like almost in playoff caliber type of defense. And you, you don't want to say too much because there's still room to grow, and mm-hmm. you never want them to feel like they've made it because we have uh, small things we can fix, but. I'll take this every day of the week and twice on Sundays what they're doing now. So I'm I'm happy with with how the defense is moving and I'm I'm hoping these guys don't let it get to their head or, or read their news clippings which I don't think they are a squad that would do that no. with the veteran leadership of Calais and other guys but it's 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 impressive.
1: You know, I I said kind of in the lead-in to the show, that it's a little bit of a mirror episode to last week, right? Where you lost a game that felt winnable. The reason that game felt winnable was because you finally started to move the ball pretty effectively for long stretches. Oh, yeah. You just weren't capitalizing on that production. Today was kind of the exact same deal. They had 401 yards of offense, Ov 401 yards of offense. That, I will take any Sunday. Any Sunday of the week, or I guess there's only one Sunday of the week, so probably could have phrased that. But you get my point. They had 64 offensive plays. The Bucks ran 65. They had 329 yards. The Falcons averaged one more yard per play than Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay is not a world-beating offense, but again, this is growth for a unit that we had serious questions about coming uh, out of the London game against Jacksonville, yeah. where it was like, where are the yeah. fast starts?" Boom, they score a touchdown on their opening drive again. That's twice, you know, two weeks in a row that they've done that. They are getting better in this aspect of of their game. It's just the turnovers. But I guess I would rather have one clear identifiable issue to, to fix, to fix. Yeah. then this kind of like whack-a-mole bit of of issues that they had earlier in the year where it was all right your quarterback is kind of locking on one read or your yeah. offensive line is getting beat for seven sacks or you know yep. what have or you
0: dumb penalties pre-snap penalties and like, exactly. stuff. like what are you guys doing it was just you know you they weren't blocking for the running backs it, it was it was a lot of things and so now I'm loving the fact that we only have a handful of things to fix, and we are there. Like we're again, I mentioned it when we started the, the podcast. Imagine if we didn't have those turnovers. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we scored in the red zone, or even if it was a field goal, we would have had a much different game. And that's who we could be. That that's the potential of of the Falcons, and and why fans. And I hate being this guy. Because usually, I'm, I'm negative Nancy, and I'm like <laughs> ah, you not know, no curmudgeon. But in my old age, like you got to just. See things for what they are, and we're we're a good team. And, yeah, we're a good team that made mistakes. We're a good team that had to turnovers, but we're still a good team at the core of what we are. I, I feel I feel safer saying that now because our quarterback seems to have shown that he can play quarterback. Because that those, those those stretch of two games where we were like, should we put in the backup? Like there were calls for, yeah. for getting uh, what's his name Heineke. in there from uh, Washington? Yeah, Heineke. Like it was, I mean, I was one of those calls as in the back. I was like. Maybe just try him out. Just just try him out because it was so bad. So he 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 heard us. He watched the show and he heard us, and he's now doing much better. So we're we're in a much better place. But <clears throat> I still I still want to see growth because we're not out of the woods. Like if we have three turnovers, three fumbles again next week. the week after and every other week since that we're not going anywhere doing that like this needs to be something you learn from something you watch film on something that you put in the past and don't let it happen again you can't make the same mistakes and tell yourself we're we're growing no you can't make the same mistakes and call that that anything but going backwards so i'm hoping the falcons figure out what they did wrong learn from it find some solutions and move forward
1: yeah i'm i'm willing to because you know i did the the Bleacher Report stream right after the game. And I I think my initial takeaway, and and it's why I'm always a little bit hesitant to try to just Mm. give opinions like right after the game because there's a lack of context.
0: Yeah,
1: I haven't like sat with it. I like to take a walk, you know, like just kind of get out, clear my head, think about the game. Yeah, like because going into it, I was like, all that matters is winning, right? It it, it doesn't matter how well you play. And then if you lose, you lose. So if you kind of play poorly in some areas and you win... All I should care about is that you won, right? But I was pretty critical. I think of Desmond Ritter and and the three turnovers, understandably. So I think because he is the quarterback and and the job of the quarterback is to make sure that the offense is on schedule, that it's producing points, that it's, you know, you are the orchestrator of, of the (coughs) unit out there. And, So I I kind of was hard on him. And looking back, I I think two of the fumbles are understandable, right? One is Shaq Barrett is hitting your arm as you're getting ready to throw the ball. That's part offensive line, part just the defense making a great play. The other one, you know, Drew Dahlman looks like he kind of hit his butt on the on the fumble. Desmond Ritter said he got antsy there at the goal line. One yard line. Yeah, you want to punch the ball in. Drake London may have scored the play before. Who knows? But that can at least be a toss-up, I guess, as to whose responsibility. But the one I can't get over is the one that Brian yeah. Finneran lost his mind at. Saw Brian Finneran also at the uh, car wash by your house the other day. So, yeah, he's, he's looking great. He, he looks like he could suit up to today. List. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's hard. laughs> also, his Big car bird. looks great, too. Uh, really shiny. Good yes. job. Good job, BF. Um, but, dude, get the ball across the goal line. Are you kidding me? Like he, he kind of slowed it, it up. Was so he casual. was he doing He was trying yeah. in there. It was like, so casual.
0: He was just like, kind of like, yep. just kind of just, just like striding in. Yeah. Like, not jogging, but striding in. Like, I got this It's Why a tie ball game forward, in the fourth quarter. Cover the ball. Yes. What the hell were you doing? Like, I, I'm with Finn. I'm, I'm just like, you can't like make those mistakes. Like, you should be all gung ho about getting this in. Yeah. Leaning forward, balling. You don't have to put the ball in front of you, but you could have done that too. He could have. Prepared ball here. There's so many ways to ball cross. Not just sitting there with the back. I mean, it's not even just about switching it to the outside arm. If you go have it in this arm, like you got to cover it up. Like Put it close to your body. You should have all... Yeah. There was so much space in here. When he was running, it just popped out. If it was tight here, no one would be able to punch through that. So he was just lax. And there is no excuse for that because you are the quarterback. The guy. The one who's supposed to be telling you, people who Hold the ball loosely. Hey man, tighten up. Yeah, like come on, let's let's go better. Lead by example. That's, yeah, yeah, yes. So it, it was it was it was crazy when I watched that, and Finn and the whole Falcons nation didn't know what what to say. Well, they said things that weren't you know PG or thirteen, but they 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 were upset and had every right to. And I hope Desmond again learns from it. Don't even make a mistake twice. That's one you should not have made it one time. So let's let's fix that.
1: One hundred percent. But again, it's it is where if you win the game, you can be mad and you can just shout into the void, right? Because you Ah. you won the game and and you can you can live with it. You hope that in the locker room, right? You can maybe be a little bit if like if I'm a Falcons defender after a win like this, I, I feel like I'm coming to. Ritter and and correct me if I'm wrong here because you've been it but like after a win I I feel like you can maybe say something a little bit more critical knowing that you got the win and at this point I would just be like dude we could have so easily lost this game those are the margins put the ball in the other hand dive across the goal line or just don't let up right like run through the finish (coughs) line run through the finish line don't don't just assume that you've got it because again those are the margins in the NFL and yeah. it's not just this game at the end of the season, you could be looking back and say that play cost several people, their jobs. Right. And yeah. And that yep. that's why it's so life and death. And that's why it gets so tense inside of the building because it, yep. it's these little things that are sometimes even out of your control. And it's somebody else who has the ball in their hands and you need to trust that they're going to do the right thing by that ball and by extension <laughs> by you with it. So that's, that's kind of why I'm a little bit, more critical because I believe in Desmond Ritter. So I think a lot of people confuse my criticism with Desmond Ritter as I just hate Desmond Ritter. No, I I'm rooting for him just like I'm rooting for everybody on this team. But I feel like you should be more critical of the things you love because ultimately you want the best for them. And that criticism comes from a, uh, you know, a well-natured place, but by and large, those were my only concerns with Desmond Ritter. I think he has gotten better and better and better As the season has gone along, he was 19 of 25 today for 250 yards. That's 10 yards per attempt. That's awesome. By comparison, Baker Mayfield threw the ball 42 times. He had 275 yards. So he threw the ball, you know, damn near 17 more times and he had 25 more yards to show for it. That's great. Yeah. Like that's that is real growth from your your second year quarterback.
0: I, you mentioned love, like you—you uh, you got to if you're a defensive guy, if you're an offense guy, anybody you come to in a locker rooms uh, uh, you know, environment, you got to do it out of love because if you do it any other way, it's going to be taken the wrong way, and that can you know create just tension and strife and you know animosity in the locker room, and, and you may really want him to fix his, his mistakes. You may really want to win but you got to come for it. You can be tough. You can be stern. I've seen it happen before. I've been a part of it before where guys have talked to me. Don't you ever fumble the ball again over me. Don't you ever fumble the ball again. You don't even get the ball. And, you know, it was Brian Billick. Uh, He was like, we don't even get the ball to fullbacks. And and you're begging for it. We give you the opportunity and you put the whole team at risk because you don't want to hold on. Like, I felt so bad. But the way, like, Brian Billick put his his hand on my shoulder, his heavy, big bird hand, and looked me dead in the eye and was like, we need you to be your best for us to win. It, it, it was more of like, OK, like I need to get better for my team, for my coaches, for for the, the whole squad. And it made me like disappoint my father. I, I want to disappoint my team. And mm-hmm. with Ritter, if you come with that type of, of love and expectations and you're better than this, like you talked about, you, you love Ritter. You want him to do better. That's what resonates with players when like we're all grown men don't talk to me like a child don't, don't try to talk down to me like we're all grown men accountability is big but when you when you make it about accountability not about you're just a terrible player you're sucky and you know stop being so sucky like, <laughs> that, that that can rub players wrong because everyone has the ego everyone's you know a grown man and and it's just about where it comes from where, where your criticism comes from and you know Again, yeah, with guys like is in there and, and other uh, Grady, Jerry, like we have a good core of our locker room. So yeah. when people mess up, I feel I'm I'm 99.9% sure that they're having tough conversations in in house. I guess part of the reason why Desmond Ritter ain't playing like he was two games ago. I mean, when those two uh, bad games, because he probably had multiple guys of uh, substance talk to him and say, "We can't we can't win. We might as well just stay at home if, if this is what you're going to do." We can't win without you, Des. We can't win if you're not playing you at your best. I mean, even playing at your mediocrityest, like, we need you to make <laughs> basic, basic plays, make it, basic throws, and, and that's it's cool knowing that he took that criticism, received it, and was able to implement it and make it actually turn into something positive on the field.
1: Absolutely, and you know somebody else who we hope gets better, although you know maybe not in the way that everybody might think, is Bajan Robinson. And, you know, real quick, just before we we get out of here, Ovi, he was not necessarily a healthy scratch because he was out there on the field. But for all intents and purposes, he was not a part of this game. And afterwards, Arthur Smith said that Bajan just wasn't feeling like himself. That's a direct quote. And, you know, the I credit, I guess, the team for doing right by the player. Right. If, if you're not ready to go in a game, it's a dangerous sport you know you shouldn't be out there if, if you're not ready to be 100 locked in to protect yourself to deliver these hits to to like That's be true. you then yeah. yeah but i also am curious have you ever had an experience like this where a pretty prominent player in in your you know game plan all throughout the week and you know uh, identity of your team just kind of all of a sudden unexpectedly on game day is not ready to go. Have you ever had that experience? And and if you have, it sounds like you haven't.
0: <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, see, guys in my era would call guys in this era soft because we didn't have mental health days. We didn't have concussion days. We didn't have... Uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, my, my knee, my ankle, my shoulders, I'm feeling great. Day, we don't have my, my finger is broken, so I can't pa- No, we had to, to suck it up and, and get it done. And I was about half of that era and half of my later years where things were gotten, getting real, what they would call soft. Now, it's, it's player safety. And it, it's much better for the guys dealing with the mental health stuff, and the guys who are dealing with concussions and the guys who are dealing with, you know, injuries or, or, you know, the, the flu or whatever but like what not feeling well we wouldn't play at all like i was surprised that they had him out there if he wasn't gonna do anything and i get that he's a big draw and i guess that's the thing Span- is I, two, I feel like
1: it was a deep a. like kind of because if you're tampa bay right you're expecting Bajan to be a huge he's oh, yeah. a part of the offense so of course he's just inactive then you give the, the an hour and a half before kickoff you, the Tampa Bay coaching staff to kind of say, all right, what's what's up with this? We can change our game plan. Let's do like X, Y, and Z. So I I get why he was But if he he's there.
0: active and he's not playing, but like Then he's a taking a roster cool spot. Place with yeah. yeah, that's the thing too. Like you you got other players that can contribute. Mm-hmm. And with two running backs, Cordarell and, and um and Algiers who had an amazing down.
1: game today. I think Tyler Algier oh, had his best game me? of the season.
0: Oh man, that catch was great, man! Yes, like, yeah. Like it was it was Cordero saying, "Hey, I still got it. I can still run." And Todd just said, "I, I know we got <laughs> Bijan, but I can still catch and run." I'm like, "I I got." It it, <laughs> it, it was that friendly com- com- competitiveness from in the running back room that you love to see, and uh, you know, these guys, it's just it's what you need for a long run uh, in the playoffs or, or a playoff win. You need to have everybody show that. We still got talent. We still got worth. We still can compete. So you got multiple weapons. And right now we got multiple weapons. But, but Bija, I hope he feels better. You know, um, I'm not calling him soft. I'm just saying that like we would have never back in my day had the ability to uh, say I'm not feeling well. And I, I feel like that might be Arthur Smith covering for him. And it's something else we don't even know about. And if that's the case, cool. But if also that's the case, why do you have him out there? If he if he's not able to protect himself. So I'm I'm, I'm all confused. I'm not gonna make my brain uh, start hurting thinking about what what could happen because we'll never know. We will never know. Uh, unless Tyler Algier tells me at, at an event <laughs> at some point.
1: All right. I'm putting um, that, I'm putting you on that over. You're you're now yeah, uh, you're I, in I'm, charge I'm, of finding I'm, that out. Report.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm going to text
1: him. <laughs> Report back in like uh April next year, when when it's yes. like the end of the season, nobody cares Yeah, I'm like, anymore. hey man, whatever
0: happened to uh, Bijan, He was like, ah, oh, man, he had diarrhea. He, you know, he had some stomach <laughs> issues. He, he couldn't do it. The Tampa like, really? Bay barbecue, don't don't deal with it. Oh, don't man. do it.
1: Yeah, we went out to a steakhouse the night before. Don't, uh, nah, it's not good. Um, but th- this is one of those situations where if the Falcons had mm-hmm. lost, we would be spending a lot more time on where was Bijan? what was going on, why didn't he have your best offensive player. But kind of the whole theme of this, episode I feel like is are, are 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 the Falcons actually like a really good team because you're able to win a game when you have turned the ball over three times in the reds Desmond Ritter this is the first time <clears throat> I, I Mike Rothstein had this I think it was in 45 years where a or maybe it was the first time in 45 years that they've started tracking this stat that a quarterback has fumbled the ball three times in the red zone and their team has still won the game so that is not a nothing stat and it speaks to the depth that this roster has accumulated over the years where you have your number one your first round draft pick of this last you know draft who is your best player on offense again I I will continue to say that I think he's the most talented player on this Falcons offense he's just out unexpectedly kind of the Something you did not prepare for, and yet you're still able to run the ball effectively, move the ball through the air, change up your game plan, and adapt and win a division game on the road, which is really, really hard to do. So again, oh, yeah. I'm kind of leaving this. You, you've you convinced me, Ovi, over the course of this conversation, I feel good about this game. Even though you turn the ball over three times, every yeah. other facet of this win, I have no complaints about. And... I didn't expect to say that. I guess coming out of last week's game, so this this is growth.
0: I'll take it. No, I'm I'm, a, I'm in a good mood. I'm about to uh, you know go uh, enjoy myself an adult beverage <laughs> and I really just be excited about what the Falcons are doing because I don't like being wrong, and I <laughs> am going to keep on harping on. We're going to the playoffs and we're going to win a game, and so when this happens, I want to like, you know get my Vegas numbers correct and start. uh, uh you know, betting on something that, that can bring me some money back because I, I got the magic touch. But I, I really feel like that that's where we're heading to.
1: Hell yeah, brother. Adult beverages all around. That is the cue for us to wrap up this podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to today's show, which as always was presented by Online. Please check us out on YouTube, Believe in Falcons. You can email the show, believeinfalcons at gmail.com. Any mailbag questions, anything like that, I promise we'll get to them once we get enough. Uh, so send those in if you've got them. I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions after this one, but it's a win. So you can ultimately feel pretty good about it. Ovi, thank you so much for joining me uh, on today's recap episode. We will see you guys again on Thursday to dig in more on the Atlanta Falcons, dig in more uh, on Desmond Ritter. Going to try to have Matt Sims on uh, to talk about quarterback play in the NFL. The Sims family, obviously, really well known uh, in the NFL. So please stay tuned for that. But until next time, everybody, take care.